This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Hello out there. Welcome to episode 134 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedita. Today, I'm joined by Adam Parks. He is the president and financial advisor for Trinity Wealth Management. Adam, how are you doing today? Good, Mike. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on with us. Just to give you a little bit of background on what the Good Neighbor Podcast is and how we got started, back in 2020 during COVID, when everybody had to be socially distant, the Good Neighbor Podcast was started in Southwest Florida as a way for business owners there to be able to get their message out to the community, to people they're trying to reach for business and philanthropic groups and things like that. And then over the last four years, it has evolved into a national brand. So we have Good Neighbor Podcasts. Florida, Georgia, Virginia, Colorado, they're all over the U.S. I'm lucky enough to be the person here in Tampa that gets to talk to business owners and entrepreneurs like you. And with that said, tell us a little bit about Trinity Wealth Management. Yeah, uh, well, we're an independent financial advisory firm. Uh, we've got a couple of offices, one in actually two in Tampa and one in Clearwater. Um, been in business for about coming up on our ninth year in business. Uh, originally came from Chicago. And when I moved down here, I started up the firm. And uh, we're an independent firm. We're all fiduciaries and uh, we service basically a lot of small business owners, families, and also uh, specialize in veterans and first responders. And where where are you guys? Do you guys have a, an office? Do you guys work out of your homes? No, we've got two, two physical locations in Tampa, one off of Linebaugh, one in Northdale. So I guess you could say West Chase and uh, in Carrollwood area. And then another one in Clearwater. Okay, wow, that's great. Okay, so you're in Pinellas and Hillsborough County. Yep. People sometimes get this confused. It's a good neighbor podcast, Pasco, because I'm located in Pasco. But once this goes out, it's going to go out everywhere, not just Tampa. Sure. But, you know, we could even get it back to Chicago. Maybe Justin Fields could hear a little bit of it, maybe get him excited to go and get the Bears recharged for next year. Um, <laughs> a little bit of your story. So, I mean, were you always, you know, like financially conscious money guy or were you have dreams and hopes of playing for the Cubs or the White Sox and gave up on that to do this? Yeah, not so far-fetched dreams on that regard. No, actually, so I was in the mortgage industry for about uh, about 15 years, had a great run for a long time. And then it was in 2008 through 2010. We all remember those days, you know, hard-hit hard, hard areas. Yeah. And uh, being in the mortgage industry, there was really nowhere to go. I lost my job at the time, and I really wanted to understand why it happened to me and make sure that wasn't going to happen to me in the future because I had a wife and two kids at the time and we just got financially decimated. Yeah. So I was I was kind of on a mission at that point to learn what I could. And then the further I started keeping going, the, the more I got interested in, in being a part of this industry and helping others. And how long have you been down here? I've been down here since 2015. It was right after the polar vortex that hit up north. <laughs> and my wife and I after being frozen inside for six days, we're like, that's it. We got to punch time out. Time to go. Get yeah, time to go. You know, it's funny. I grew up in the Northeast, and when I moved to Atlanta in 08, I gave my ex-father-in-law my snowblower. I said, listen, you could use – he lived in Rochester. You know you're going to get use out of a yeah. snowblower in Rochester. But I said, look, yeah. you can keep it and use it. You could sell it for parts. You could make it into a planter. I don't care what you do. It. I'm never coming back up here. I'm nope. done. I'm washing my hands of it. So I, I can appreciate and get that yeah. whole – like the last straw, those the last straw storm to get you to go. Um, Definitely. And you have a, you have a wife and two kids. How old are your kids? 
Uh, the two daughters, they're 15 and 17. The, uh, the loves of my life and boy, they keep me on my toes. That's for sure. I, was, I live with nothing yeah. but women. So you, I was a, say, you have like a female dog. Is your dog two. female? I have two. two male dogs, two male dogs. Got a okay. That so that you got, at least you have a little <laughs> bro group right there to kind of get away and do your thing when you get, need to get away from the, the girls and your, exactly. your wife. Oh, yep. I totally get it. I can so relate. My girlfriend, her daughter, their dog, their bunny, everybody's like females. It's like uh, me and Norman need to just kind of escape from time to time. So I can totally, <laughs> totally relate. So yeah. let me ask you this. You talked about um, some of the people you service and veterans is a big part of that. Is there any more yeah. to the story behind that? Yeah, I'm a veteran myself. Uh, I was in the, in the military for up, for up until 1998. And so, you know, what we what, what we go through and what military families in, in particular go through is quite hard to balance it all. So I know what kind of a stress that can put on a family. So I've always said that any anybody that comes to us as a veteran, we're doing free financial planning and we try to do a lot of pro bono work. We're really here. We're about education. And then that kind of filtered into after 9-11, especially appreciation for first responders, um, you know, the lack of the uh, support and praise for the for the members of the police department, fire department, um, and, t- and and nurses and teachers. My wife was a teacher for 22 years. And those are the people that work the hardest and nobody pays attention to. So you know, we could stand up and, and, and help them any way we can. That's what we're going to do. And then, so, I mean, that that is absolutely great. I'm a huge proponent of the military and first responders and all that stuff. And they're usually the people that are, you know, you not only say working the hardest, but it, least compensated for the amount of work proportionately to what they do. So having someone in your corner to help with that, do you guys live, do you live generally close to one of the offices or are you up in Pasco County? No, I'm actually in Odessa. So I'm right, right on the bottom of uh, North of Hillsborough County. And, uh, but we service people in Hernando, Pasco, all, all over the area, really. Sarasota. Well, that's why I asked, you know, Trinity Wealth Management, I didn't know if that was like an, an Irish Trinity, Holy Trinity, or if it was because you lived in Trinity. Didn't know if that was. No, kind of that's, that's a great question, actually. So when I uh, when I left my previous big box firm and wanted to go out on my own and really service the clients the way that we wanted to service them, I was living in Odessa. I had no idea that there was a city of Trinity north of me. <laughs> and. And I just had to pick a name over a weekend, literally. And, you know, a lot of it was that my wife and my two daughters is like my holy trinity. Everything, cash management, risk management, wealth management, all, everything threes, threes, threes kept repeating. And so I'm like, you know what? That sounds like an awesome number. Plus the girl in Matrix, you know, Trinity. That was a cool oh, thing, too. So Listen, if we're going to start talking <laughs> movies now, we're going to have an – that is a revolutionary <laughs> movie that changed everything. And Trinity in that biker outfit – I could all right. So now we know the real reason why we won't tell your <laughs> wife or your daughters the real reason how the company got its name. Oh, they so, know. <clears throat> so let me ask you this then. So um, you know, doing what you do and being where you're at when you're not. Well, first question I have for you is like, how big is your team? Yeah. Like, how how big do you have two offices? How many yeah. are you are you calling them just FAs or are we just financial advisors? Are we wealth management advisors? How many guys guys and gals do you have on your team? Yeah, we've got uh, seven advisors, financial advisors right now. Um, most of us are, are 
uh, accredited investment fiduciaries, kind of tongue twister, but yeah. um, which makes us we stand a little bit higher, um, uh, higher on the on the on the rankings for what we put ourselves out there to do for our clients. So we're fiduciaries. We act in clients' best interests above our own. Uh, and then we have some juniors that are in training that are coming up. We call them service advisors, not necessarily juniors. Uh, and then I have a couple yeah. of partners as well. You don't say little guys. You don't refer to them as the little no. guys in the office. That would be nope. derogatory. Service as hard as they work, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, okay. So the, the next question I had from that is that that's a, that's a big group of people to manage uh, when yeah. you're not in the office. I mean, what are you and your wife? I mean, your girls are at an age, are they into sports? Are they into cheering or like, what are they doing? Are they into acting? Um, and then what do you and your wife yeah. do for fun? Yeah, the, the girls are, well, my oldest, Maddie, who I'm super proud of, she's actually working in the office with us uh, in after school, getting a little experience. They pull, Both of them have said that they want to go into the industry, so we'll, well, hopefully that'll happen. But the oldest is working for me. The uh, Our youngest has got schoolwork, and academics is really her priority. And then she also has a, a, a part-time job as well. So they're both workers like their mom and dad. And uh, my wife and I, we have got a great marriage. She's retired, which is good. Um, helps to be married to a financial planner who can plan for her retirement, but and she worked she for 22. Yeah. She worked for teacher for 22 years, came to Florida, had another career in corporate America and then just burned up, burned out. Um, so, but for fun, what we do, we just love going on the boat. We spend a lot of time on our boat. And then, um, ironically, what a lot of people would never guess is that I'm a massive reggae fan. So I like to, um, we manage money for some, some reggae artists. Um, I go to almost all the shows that come to local areas, the record, recording studios, you name it. I just want to be a part of that scene. It's so fun. That's great. You know, yeah. it's funny. I work owning an ad agency for a long time. I work with a, a bunch of different creative people. I wasn't creative. I was more on the money side, the, the media buying side. Um, but I worked with all these creative agencies. And there was a creative agency out of Charleston, South Carolina, this guy, he was about five foot two, white guy. He was a lead singer in a reggae band. And he was absolutely phenomenal. And he was the most creative, one of the most creative, like art visionary guys with his advertising, the way he would create stuff. Um, he was amazing. But his side hustle, not even a hustle, was just his enjoyment was going out and, and performing reggae with his steel drum and his steel drum band yeah. and the whole nine. So it was that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a positive you ever, vibe. You know, everybody's always in a good mood. So how can you not have fun with it? Yeah, yeah. Every, the, the music just kind of gets you in that that vibe. It, it's, you know, you think of the, the islands and the smell of the salt and the beach <laughs> and all that stuff. It kind of puts you exactly. in, that, in that mental place. So <clears throat> let me ask you this. I mean, and you might have already answered this in the in the conversation is, do you, um, you know, one of the things I like to ask, especially because there, if there's business owners listening, because now obviously if you're talking to clients that are listening to this, they want to hear about your background and your specialty and what you do. But business sure. owners like to listen to find out, you know, look, how is this other business owner run into a challenge in their career as an entrepreneur and they've been able to overcome it? So <clears throat> I don't know if that was, you know, 08, gotten out of the mortgage business, if it was 9-11, if it, your military experience. Has there been a point in your career where you said, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. And you, you managed to you managed to like dig yourself out to be in the spot where you have a, a good group crew of people. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like it keeps happening, right? I mean, you always keep learning through adversity. So yeah, I mean, things in the military happen, burn through that, and mil and then the mortgage with uh, 08, they had to survive through that and redirect and re rechange uh, what what the strategy was and what the goals were. And then in this industry alone, moving to Florida, having to start over again. 
wanting to get away from the big box shops that uh, really all about numbers, not necessarily about clients and starting something completely new as an entrepreneur and growing that and then finding success. And then there's problems with taxes. And there is, so it's always seems to be some sort of a headache. And that's really where I specialize pretty heavily is small business owners and high net worth people because not because you know you you want to work with higher net worth people but it's those sets of challenges really um not a lot of people are talking about them so for and I, and I that's where i get my hands dirty i really like the solving the puzzles and figuring out ways to lower taxes and help businesses um you know create some scale without having to uh without having to kill themselves because you you get to that point where yes i mean so great look at the end of the year number and then April comes <laughs> and you're right. like, oh, yeah, I just want to want to jump off a building because you get so hit in taxes. So we try to get ahead of that and do some tax planning in advance of that and really help out those business owners. So, yeah, there's always struggles that are, that are coming up. But, you know, I guess you just keep building and you keep on working through them. Don't really well, have much of a choice. when you got kids at home and wife that depends on you. Well, and then you also, it's kind of a living, breathing animal. And when I, what I'm talking about is like the tax code in our country, like every yeah. year, well, every, every four years, in essence, you know, when a new administration takes hold and kind of shifts their priorities of who's going to be the haves and the have nots and certain things, just nuance changes and knowing that right. I'm being on the inside of that is vitally important. Um, oh yeah. So many people have, have no idea. Yeah. I mean, do you have also within your organization, I mean, I know as a fiduciary, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your client, mm -hmm. but from a tax standpoint, do you have people you either outsource or that are in-house that I, you, they could be like your one-stop shop for somebody from the investment side to the wealth management side to the, the tax mitigation side? Yeah, that's a great segue, even though it's completely unplanned, by the way, Mike. Thank you. for. <laughs> uh, I've, done this, I've done this a couple times. Yeah, I mean, home run there. Um, no, we actually, we actually this year, we're going to be bringing on a tax department. Uh, we've always been uh, part. We've had partners, outside business partners um, that have been there for, as resources to our clients. And they've been great. Uh, but they grow too, and then the relationship changes. So we're going to have that in house this year. We added estate planning, so we can get our wills, trusts, estate plans done. All that's in house. So now we have investments, insurance, legal, and tax. I mean, that that's truly they call it a family office, the one stop shop. Because I think it's important to have one relationship and one quarterback to take care of all of your things uh, financially. Because as business owners, we're busy. If I can have one point of contact to take care of all my money stuff. And make sure that it's all taken care of in a fiduciary manner. I mean, that's a pretty powerful um, offering. It is a good marriage. I mean, you might have to change the name from Trinity. You might have to change it to Clover or something like that. Because that Quad. was four. Actually, that's funny. I my my dream has always been the four leaf clover. I wanted in investment, insurance, legal, and tax. So, so we there you got go. it. But, I mean, you, you know, DBA yeah. it, and you got a whole other branch there that you could you know <laughs> kind of go into. But it it is it is a it is a natural synergy of those different. Yeah. You know, branches of what people have going on. And for me, on the flip side of it, like owning an ad agency, <clears throat> I never really did the creative side of it. I, I'm not good at the creative side, but I spent 20 years in corporate finance working for insurance companies and, and different types of firms. So when I got into the media side of it, it was still numbers for me. I was looking at people's budgets, figuring out what the best way to reach their audience was and putting the media together that way. But I worked with creative people, as previously mentioned, that would do the creative side of it. I had so many different, you know, if you talk about like from an analogy of like a general contractor, I had so many subs that I could use to do specific mm -hmm. stuff 
and customized everything for a you know for a specific client because you touched on it and I, I talked about this on another podcast recently is that the one commodity that the planet does not replenish is time. The one thing people can't get back is time. So as a business owner, if you have to be head of sales, head of operations, head of accounting, head of marketing, having all those things that you have to do and then manage your business and human resources and all these other things, it's super overwhelming as a business owner. Yeah. To go, man, I always wanted to work and be my own boss. And all of a sudden I'm like, now this sucks. I got to work 23 <laughs> hours a day and it's terrible. Yeah. There goes nights and weekends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really yeah, don't realize yeah. so, that when you start off. It's, it's the same thing. I worked in a corporate job forever, and I remember sitting. I was working at 100 Park Avenue in New York City, and I worked next to this guy, and he said, you know what? I'm sick of this. And this is going back 1993-ish. And he said, you know, this sucks. I don't want to work in an office anymore. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I remember at the time going, wow, it sounds so great. Like making my own hours. Oh, sounds great. And then I it didn't realize that the steady paycheck doesn't come unless I actually work enough hours to generate the income level. So there's like a catch-22 to that whole situation. But when you're out yeah. there doing it and there's no net, having resources like, you know, having Trinity Wealth Management and someone out there who now can handle all these different branches down the tree, it makes it, it makes your business scalable. It, it gives you the ability to grow. And then on top of that, it gives you some of the commodity that's not replenishable. And that's time if you have a family and you, you want to enjoy yeah. the things that you want to do. Um, when you think about it, you, you know, this. we never we never got this education growing up. I mean, nobody no. ever taught anybody this. So it's, it's, it's no surprise that people are struggling to figure out where do I go for the education without being you know, intimidated or you know, taken advantage of or, you know, right. so it, it's, it's hard. It's a challenge for sure. You know, it's funny you say that is, <laughs> I don't know what I took geometry for in high school. I have no idea why <laughs> I, I know the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. I have no idea what I needed it for. I would have rather had an investing class or a just understanding. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do it anymore. Balancing your checkbook. I'm old enough to remember balancing my checkbook on a lot on a right. ledger. Um, but that doesn't even necessarily need to be done as much anymore with technology. But like some of those real world practical math Credit equations that, yeah. that boggle people for years and years would have been much more productive than learning A squared plus B squared equals C squared for me, at least. Yeah. Um, 100%. You know, yeah. What? So so let me ask you this. In, in your military background, and you don't, you don't have to get into specifics, of, but did that sure. kind of guide you towards this? Or were you like an infantry guy? Or like, what was your, any of that kind of no. guide you towards wanting to get into business? No, actually, it was just, I came from a family that couldn't afford college. So uh, I was really faced with it. My parents split up. Yeah, my parents split up right, before, right when I got in there. So it was a matter of uh, got to find something to do. And no, it's not an easy choice. But I went field artillery. And uh, and did that for a while. I did help in, as far as structure, discipline, and things like well, that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but in, and as far as money, um, yeah. I mean, we never had it as a kid, so I didn't know what I was missing. But then what I just knew that I didn't want to. I wanted to have a better life for my kids and my family and go on vacations. I mean, my parents were very hard workers, but we struggled. Right. Scraping by and put a little yeah. bit of money away for this and that and the other. Yeah, it's definitely Again, lack of education. They would have done better had they known, you know, had they only been given some education. Well, it's funny. I don't know. You know, I don't know your age or your parents age. My parents are both gone now and they passed away in their late 70s, early 80s. But their idea of investing was putting their money in their local savings account in our local savings right. and loan. I mean, that was what you you did. Like a, a CD was like mind blowing to them. 
uh, an annuity was like a head explosion to them. Like, so they just didn't, didn't grasp it at all. And they, you know, they're baby, they were baby boomers and, um, and we just didn't really know. We didn't know what it was. You right. know, we had those passport savings books when we were in grade school. We put five bucks in every week or whatever it was. That was the extent of our savings plan. Yeah, well, you think about it. Back then, they didn't even have to worry that much about it because they had pensions. And then right. in the 80s and 70s, yeah, that all went away. So now they push that onus back on the people at, without any education to go along with it. So it's really sad. And it's no... It's no surprise that there's such a need for what we do in our practice. And that's why we wanted to set ourselves aside with like the fee base. So there's not the commissions, no conflicts right. of interest. We want to level the field so people don't have that anxiety when they come to see us because nobody wants to talk about money. It's a it's a personal, private thing. Yeah. And no matter where, if you're above me or below me, you know, there's always that, you know, kind of figuring things out. So we just make it really easy for people. Like, come on in. Let's just talk. You know, let's figure your stuff it's, out. I'll tell you what's in my head. And, and if we work out, it works out. If not, um, you know, no obligation. They can just uh, keep doing what they're doing or go seek the education on their own. You know, it's so funny you say that. I worked for a woman in the same job I'm talking about, 1992, a woman by the name of Rhonda Feldman, nicest lady in the world. I learned a lot from her while I was going to college. And she made it, you know, she sat me down one day and said, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, you're handling people's money. Money is the biggest taboo in the world. And I, yeah. I I didn't know. I was 19 or 20 years old. I couldn't quite grasp where she was going with it. And she said, listen, you go to a party and sit down with somebody. They'll tell you what their drink is, what their drug is, what their sex life is like, all their different things that they do. But when it comes to their money, they everybody does. The, nobody wants to talk about it and express what it is. Everybody either wants to hide it or shelter it or either claim they have way more than they do have. There's always some sort of shadiness and taboo about the conversation around money. So it is a super hard conversation to have with people because yeah. they either think, holy crap, I'm behind the eight ball. I didn't start soon enough. Or holy crap, like I, I, 